Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Back in 2016, Gordon Petty and Andy Wallace decided to undertake a mammoth challenge by cycling from the north of France to the very south of France. But when Gordon was unexpectedly diagnosed with a brain tumour, their plans came to a complete standstill. Gordon and Andy join me on the programme now to explain the story. Andy and Gordon, thank you so much for joining us here in the programme today. Now, you, Andy, we'll start off with you. You have just undertaken, not so long ago, a, a, an incredible bike ride to raise money for RNIB. Now, initially, the two of you were going to do the bike ride together, weren't you, from the north of France to the south of France. Tell us what happened. We decided we were going to do this cycle ride together and negotiated time off our work. Unfortunately, Gordon took ill uh, with a uh, tumour and uh, had to, to be hospitalised. So the trip had been arranged and my hope was that once Gordon had uh, had his operation that he would be able to come with me on the trip and, and that kind of trip would be good for rest and relaxation and recuperation. Fortunately, that wasn't the case because when Gordon woke up, he'd lost a major part of his, his sight and was virtually blind. We talked things through over the few weeks and, and Gordon insisted that I go and that I tell him uh, what happened every day. Some colleagues at work, because Gordon and I worked beside each other, they suggested that I do it for charity. So I ended up getting sponsorship through the Just Giving page and that money would go to RNIB. So that's how it all started. Now, Gordon, you must have been absolutely devastated because I know that the, the two of you are keen cyclists, but not only to have been diagnosed with a brain tumour, but then to lose your sight, a large part of your sight because of the, the brain tumour. I mean, this is devastating. Yes, I think that's the correct word, devastated. I was so much looking forward to, to the trip several years ago after many trips throughout Europe with Andy and another few work colleagues, we had always said, let's do one big, long trip. And that was agreed as the north of France to the south of France. The operation, you know, put, put paid to that. I had a, a brain tumour and when they removed the part of the tumour, I, I was basically left with sight loss. It was only fair challenge Andy to go ahead and do this journey and keep me up to date because that would lift my spirit. It's just an incredible story, it really is. And I can't even begin to imagine how you must have felt, you know, having to to watch your friend or, or listen to your friend every day going through something that, that you know you were so looking forward to but then having to deal with your sight loss as well now I know I lost my sight very quickly when I was 19 so that aspect of it I, I understand but it's the missing out element you know you feel as if you're you're missing out on so much when you first lose your sight don't you? Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the best way to uh, describe it is missing out on, on so much. But when I knew that Andy was going to take on that challenge and that journey, I felt quite good, actually, because I knew that he would uh, have some great experiences and he would be able to keep me up to date with those experiences. And his blog was very good 
everybody, family, friends and associates all love tracking Andy day by day with the way he handled the various challenges that he had on the cycle. Yes, I missed out, but the biggest part was getting Andy's daily updates. So I was with him in part on his journey. Well, I was going to go on to talk about the blog because, you know, you did set up this blog, Andy, so that, you know, everybody could obviously follow your progress along the way, but also for Gordon to get the updates as well. Now, it must have been difficult for you as well because you did this on your own and obviously you had planned to do it with Gordon initially but you know it must be difficult to do this kind of thing and you all of a sudden you've kind of lost your wingman and you don't have somebody there to spur you on so what what encouraged you was it the fact that you know you were raising money for a really worthwhile charity that that was helping Gordon with his sight loss yes I think that's the case and originally the the trip that Gordon and I planned was we would just take our time and amble our way through the countryside. But because I was doing sponsorship and because many people had promised a lot of money, then the onus was on me to complete a certain number of miles every day. That kind of changed what we'd planned, and and that did make it very difficult. From the start, I was a little bit anxious about having to complete a journey from the north of France to the very south. And my reckoning was that I would get fit as I went along, but it didn't quite turn out exactly as I planned. I didn't actually have any maps or have any accommodation booked because, again, originally Gordon and I were going to just make our own way. And it was only at the last moment that I decided that I would just go by myself and I had to make it up as I went along, as it were, which was good in a way because it made it very entertaining for Gordon every day when I that is just incredible it really really is i mean you know i've i've heard about people going on on massive trips but usually they are pretty planned out so to do it kind of gung-ho is absolutely amazing it really is how long did it take you 22 days to get to the south of france from the start point now we're not cyclists uh, we, we, we don't wear lycra we never have been cyclists we, we put on a pair of jeans and a t-shirt and we cycle to a pub that's not too far away and uh, <laughs> enjoy a bike, cycle back or sometimes get the train. So we're very much leisure cyclists. And that's how the trip was undertaken as a, a leisure trip. I didn't wear any cycle gear as such. But every day was a challenge. And in fact, the very first day, uh, I had nowhere to stay because it was English Bank holiday weekend. The weather had changed for the better. And every place for accommodation for 90 miles from where the ferry landed was booked out. But there was a website where people let you sleep on their couch for nothing. And I ended up in a school teacher's house uh, 10 miles from the ferry post. And all she asked for payment was a box of Scottish shortbread. So that kind of set the note for the rest of the trip. Oh my goodness, so people were so kind along the way as well. And I suppose when they were finding out what you were doing, they were only too willing to help. Well, listen, how much did you actually manage to raise on the trip? It was about 3,400 we raised for RNIB, which was way, way above what I expected. Well, you'd only ever thought that uh, you would raise about £150, didn't you? That's all you were aiming for. That's right, because I'm not really a person that does sponsor things. 
So I've not done that for many years. So I didn't realise how generous people were going to be. Gordon, you must be blown away by, you know, what your friend has done. I, I take it you'll be firm friends for life. We've been friends and work colleagues for the last 20 years. We've done cycles abroad as a group uh, for four or five days at a time since 2004. Andy's a great organiser, very, very well organised, brilliant at coping with situations when we were abroad. Um, just very, very, very good at uh, pre-planning and uh, the organisation and meticulous with everything that he did over all these years. This was a bigger challenge for him because he went with no pre-planning um, and doing it singly, um, you know, that must have been one of his, probably his biggest mental challenges to get over to do it on, on his own. So, yes, you know, I have great admiration as as the family, friends and colleagues for the effort and the input that went to this trip that he, that he made. I think everybody wanted to congratulate him when he, when he came home and pat him on the back and shake his hand and he, he deserved that applause, if you like. At the end of the day, Andy has written a book about his uh, efforts and his trip, and that came out just before Christmas. So we're putting a lot of effort into making sure that uh, friends and family buy the book and uh, raise more money for, for charity from his book. Oh, yes, Andy, I wanted to talk to you about the book. Now, what gave you the idea? I mean, was it reading through the blog post when you got back and you thought, I'm going to document this and make it into to a book and raise further money? Yes, I think that, that, that was the idea behind it. it was, again, when I came back, uh, so many people said, we can't believe all the things that happened on your trip. It just seemed so amazing. And every day, people were on tender to find out what was going to happen the next day. So I built up quite a big audience on the internet of people who said they found it extremely funny. And when I came back, again, friends and colleagues said, you really should put it together as a book because folk would enjoy reading it. In some ways, it was harder than doing the cycle trip because I just thought all I had to do was to get the blog together and put it um, on some pages and then send it off to the printers. But actually, putting it a book there's a lot of work. Uh, I've got a picture of Gordon on the front cover of the book. And I made sure it was audio enabled as well so that people can uh, listen to the book if they wish. Andy, it just sounds phenomenal. It really does. And I'm so looking forward to getting my hands on this book. Now, obviously, you did say it's in, in various different accessible formats, which is, is absolutely incredible and great for people like me that can't see a thing. Um, how can people get hold of the book? It's available on uh, Amazon Kindle or Amazon. So uh, if you just search for Live Cycle, which is the name of the book by Andrew Wallace, um, it should come up within the Amazon store. You can order the audio uh, version of the book. And I think as well, when I was doing the blog and doing the book, I was very uh, aware of the, the, the difference for people that, that don't have all their sites and making things accessible for them. So, for instance, when I first did my blog, God, 
often got confused because the way I wrote the titles of each day didn't allow him to put it in context what day I was talking about or where I was. So, so I learned quickly about how to do things like that to make sure things were accessible for people with uh, limited or no sight. You know, the two of you just sound like such incredible friends. You really do. It's a beautiful story. It really, really is. And it sounds like the two of you have really helped each other out. Are there any plans of maybe doing a tandem cycle, doing it all over again, only tandem? Not at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What I did look at was the bikes where there's a recumbent seat at the front and the cyclist is at the back so the partially sighted person can cycle at the front and the fully sighted person can cycle at the back. You've done so much hard work to raise awareness, to raise money, to you know just help each other out with your friendship and and with Gordon losing his sight and it's a as I said it really is a beautiful story and I'm so grateful for the two of you joining me on the program today to tell me all about it. The very best of luck with the future. Gordon and Andy thank you so much for joining me on RNIB Connect Radio. Okay thanks for inviting us. Thank you very much. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.